Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Spring game has come and gone, and we have learned so much after an amazing spring game. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Sorry for the later episode. I know this is coming out on a Monday. Uh, it has been a busy week, to say the least. I know we were supposed to get it up right after the spring game, uh, but we are working on probably one of the biggest things this channel is going to see. Um, I, you bribe you don't know it yet. So it's Monday. You don't know what this is yet. You will find out on Friday. We are posting a new episode on Friday. So you're getting two episodes this week. Um, we are hard at work. We're actually filming it tonight. Um, and it will be up on the channel. You'll probably see some stuff for it this week. But we are extremely grateful and excited for some of the things that this channel is going to be doing uh, in the very near future. Uh, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. It should be a really fun time, uh, and I, I'm really excited for it. So if, you know, please subscribe, like, share, do all that. We appreciate you listening to the podcast every week. Uh, it's it's probably my favorite part of my week is getting on here and recording and talking about UCF football. So I would greatly appreciate all the support, as always. Uh, we got a couple things to get into. Not shouldn't be a long episode because, again, we've been hard at work planning We'll get more into spring later this week. That's all I'm going to say on it. Later this week, we will talk a lot more spring ball. Um, but I wanted to give my couple thoughts and also talk about uh, Tavion Swint. But le- let's talk first about the actual game. I think this is the third year in a row where UCF has really kind of made the spring game a national event. And what I mean by that is... You obviously had the first year it was putting the Twitter handles or the social handles on the back of the jersey, right? And that and that blew up, right? It, it, because again, it's revolutionizing the way that things are done in college football, right? If you stay stuck in the mud and you just do the same old thing every single year, it, it's not pushing a program forward. And I think UCF took the first step that year where that kind of made, na- made national headlines saying, listen, you're promoting the player's social handle. You're promoting the player. People are going to go after that. Last year, it was the barcode or the QR code, right? And that blew up nationally. This year, it wasn't just the Knights versus Knots. I think that itself created a buzz uh, nationally where people cover that and said, oh, that's a really cool idea. You know, it's not just an orange and blue spring game like every single year. UCF is really taking strides to make it a fun event for the fans, make it something that the spring game should be. It should be a fun event where fans get to come out, see the team months early, where the team can really try some new things and make it an all fun around event. So there was that element that I think was great, and we'll talk about it, but the, the national story coming out, of this spring game was JRP. And we've been talking about it for weeks, right? How he's splitting his time between football and baseball. And 
I don't, I think he's gotten a lot of credit from fans and some fans, obviously we, we keep saying, right. You judge him on the field. You judge him how he plays on the field, but in that same coin and same token, we can say, listen, what he's doing this spring is so rare, right? Usually you don't see a, a starting quarterback play both sports in the spring, right? Like if I recall, Kyler Murray played baseball in the spring. If I remember correctly, now I might be wrong on that, but usually the quarterbacks that are playing both, they take off of football to play baseball in the spring. So what JRP is doing is just remarkable. And I think all UCF fans, I mean, and they have, they've given him immense props and saying, listen, I think it's remarkable what you're doing. And it is, I mean, seeing him in the baseball game, play the way he did, get on that golf cart, come to the spring game, show up a little bit late, and then go in and, and, and really perform well. I think that's a testament to who he is character-wise, who he is as a person, and what he represents for this university. In a very short amount of time, in just one year, JRP has become the face of UCF Athletics for a bit. And I think you can only commend what he's done. Now, when we talk about spring game... You never want to get too high and you never want to get too low, right? Because there's that it's that same t- thought process, right? When you're talking, uh, for instance, <laughs> the Florida spring game, right? That's the big talking point about how wasn't a lot of points scored into the lowest spring game in Florida football history or something. Most people in that token say, oh my gosh, our defense is insane. To hold the offense to that number of points, our defense is great. And then you have that same thing. Oh, the offense is terrible, right? But then if you flip it and the offense is amazing, then, oh, it's the defense sucks and the offense is great. So spring game, again, it is an early chance to see what the team's been working on. The team gets to try out some things. It's a fun event for the fans, but you cannot take what you see from the spring game too specifically. You cannot say, oh, or, oh you know, I'm not liking this, or oh, like, listen, there's no question throwing the ball down the field. Uh, in the first 12 minutes, there wasn't a lot of it. It was a lot of kind of the same, if I'm being honest. And I'd love you guys to give your thoughts down below. It, it was a lot of the same, a lot of lateral, not a lot of pushing the ball down the field. And in that second quarter, it felt like there was a, a shift where the offense kind of got their footing. Uh, the tempo was working really well, and they started pushing the ball down the field. The two that obviously come to mind are JRP's pass to Kobe Hudson for the 70-yard touchdown and the pass to Javon. Uh, Javon Baker on the left side um, for a nice catch. So, I mean, those are the two that come to mind. Tommy, I thought, played pretty well. I, I I really liked what I saw out of him. There was a couple instances where he gets in the pocket, and you could definitely tell, you know, he's he is on the shorter side, so he has to kind of find ways to get and look over the D lineman, and I think he did extremely well there. Um, I thought the running backs played great for what they were given. I mean, there wasn't a lot of running the football, but obviously everybody's talking about DeMarcus Bowman. Uh, And and a comment was made by Gus that I think UCF fans need to really dissect because DeMarcus Bowman is going to be a stud for us. Like, let's not get it twisted here. DeMarcus Bowman is going to get reps this year. Uh, I don't know how many. I think he has had significant problems with taking care of the football. The way Gus, because listen, I'm not bl- I'm not just saying because he fumbled 
in the spring game. But when Gus was talking about it after, Gus, again, it, it's almost like something that we know. He's immensely talented. He's going to be an amazing player. We just need to figure out the, we got to get clean up the mistakes when it comes to taking care of the football. I think that's probably why, if we're being honest, he's not RB2 right now. I think Johnny has kind of solidified himself right now as RB2 in the depth chart in spring. Now, I'm not saying, listen, I think DeMarcus Bowman, let's be all honest here. I mean, talent-wise, he's the best back on the roster if he lives up to the talent and the hype that you know he, he's had. But it's basically going to come down to, can he clean up the mistakes? And how quick can he rise? Because again, I think he's got the speed of Johnny. Obviously, he beat Johnny in the in the race, right? I think he's got the speed of Johnny. And I think he does have that brute force of an RJ Harvey in a way. Now, RJ Harvey put on some muscle. I mean, he looks huge. So I'm excited to see how RJ plays. But I think the offense played exactly what I wanted to see in the spring. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in the fall. That That's all you could say. I like them pushing the ball down more. I like giving the the receivers a, a chance. And I kind of, I liked the mix. I did like the mix of, listen, knowing when to throw the ball deep, knowing when to run the football, and not throwing it deep every play. Because that's not what fans were asking for, and it's not what's best for the team. It's saying, know when to take your deep shots and take them a little bit often, more often. Because there was barely any last year. So... I like that out of the offense. Defense, I thought they started really well. They started really fast. It, it, it was amazing to see. Now, again, you don't know if that's just, if it's more on the offense or defense. I think the defense in the first 12 minutes was it was giving the offensive line a couple fits. They were breaking down a lot of plays. They got a good amount of sacks. Caven Call looks legit, folks. I mean, Caven Call made a couple big plays there where you're looking at him and you're saying, all right, he's going to be a player. I mean, I... I liked that on the second team, you had John Walker, Caven Call. Uh, I think Brandon Marshall was on the second team. Jason DeClona played. Uh, you basically saw every freshman play, and I think there wasn't one that looked out of place. They all looked really good, but Caven Call really stuck out to me. Defensively, it's hard again. In these scrimmages, you know, some of the times they might have called the sack that maybe, it, you know, the quarterback could have got out of it. I think... All in all, though, I really liked how the defense played. Uh, I really want to see a little bit more out of the corners. Obviously, that's a question mark going in. So I really want to see corner-wise how we're going to develop um, and what it's going to look like against, you know, not just teammates, but, you know, different competition. But all in all, I think it was a great spring game. I I, I didn't know how I was going to feel about the competition aspect because I'm a football junkie. I, I Listen, the, the competitions are usually fun, but I wanted to see more football. But I felt like a lot of plays got ran. I, I couldn't tell you a number, but I could tell you a lot of plays were run in that 24-minute stretch. The fact that it looks like... I know Ed Collins had a little bit of injury. He walked off on his own. But Gus, to my knowledge, he knew that there was basically no injuries, which is a positive coming out of spring. Because as many of you guys know, we had bad luck the last two years when it comes to spring injuries where, you know, RJ Harvey towards ACL in spring and we didn't see him the rest of the season. Uh, a bunch of players have gotten injured in our spring. So I love that for the most part, not in the spring game, because we have a couple guys that didn't play in the spring game due to, you know, injuries that they should be ready to go for the season. But for the most part, they came out unscathed. So 
It's amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm more confident now, even though I've been confident for a while now, I'm immensely more confident seeing kind of how the team is responding, seeing how the new playbook is kind of constructed. Obviously, we don't know probably a majority of the plays that were put in, but uh, the one play, I'm trying to remember, but they lined up. I can't, I've got to, I've got to remember, but they put the tight end in like a fullback backup offensive line position and it, it hit a really a big bomb. I can't, couldn't tell you the exact play because I'm trying to go back my memory, but I could tell what Darren Henshaw is doing and I'm really liking what I'm seeing so far. So we'll just see as the summer progresses who gets added. Like we haven't heard anything on the transfer portal as of right now. Uh, I have my suspicions on who I think might be leaving. But I think for the most part, UCF should be good staying out of the transfer portal. I think most of the players think and know, like, I'm going to have some form of a role on this team this year. Uh, So I think we're going to keep most of our players with the exception of maybe one or two people. But we will see as the weeks or the week and weeks progress. All right. One more thing before I go. Tavion Swint. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So he's been uh, this kid. Now, for those of you who don't know who he is, I think look, look him up. I mean, kid, in my opinion, is the best running back in the 2025 class uh, from Osceola. Plays for the Cowboys over there. Teammates with John Walker. Uh, he is a junior, obviously, and he's a 2025 running back. You kind of got the vibe, right? You kind of got the vibe that he wanted to be a, a knight. He was he posts a lot of UCF stuff. He's been to UCF countless times already. But and you kind of got that vibe. But in that same time, right? He dropped a, a final eight or a top eight, uh, I think last month. And he had all four are all four Florida schools. So he had Florida, Florida State, Miami, and us. And he did an interview where he was talking about Miami, UCF, and Florida State. And he said that Florida State has been his favorite team, like, his entire life. So when I saw that interview, I'm like, oh, okay. So it's going to base because listen, no offense, I think Miami has obviously a chance, but they've got a lot of problems with the NIL problems down there. And not just that, but... They do get running backs. They they get loaded at running back when it comes to the stars, not saying they produce, you know, anything other than that, but they get stars. I was thinking, okay, it's going to basically, in my opinion, come down between us and Florida State. Hometown love, you know, or not hometown love, but uh, the his favorite team, you know, the team he roots for, or the team that is basically right next to his home. Hometown hero. UCF. I'm shocked he committed this early. I'm shocked. It's the earliest commitment in UCF history. We've kind of seen that trend over the last couple years where you had Caven Call, who committed during Christmas a year prior. Then Sincere Edwards, who he's coming up in this 2024 class. He beat that by, you know, uh, committing a couple months prior. So he had the record. And now Tavion Swint has that record. Tavion Swint has committed basically a whole 18 months before early signing day in 2025 or 2024. It's remarkable. I mean, 
it'll when it's all said and done, if he if he sticks with this commitment and he ends up becoming a knight, I don't think it's any question that he will beat John Walker as the highest rated recruit in UCF history. I mean, as of right now, I think Rivals has him as the eighth best running back in the class, a top one hundred recruit. Uh he's gonna be special. And I think it just shows you, and we keep talking about it when it comes to recruits. We always when John Walker, you know, committed, we said that is this program is going to be something special for recruits. They're in a Power 5 conference. These guys can stay home and play Power 5 football. You're already seeing it. And it's paying dividends. That a guy that's going to is a top 100 recruit is the number 1 running back in Florida, number 8 running back in the country commits to you a whole 18 months prior. And he doesn't need to do that. I mean, he's got many more official visits that he could take, and he's going to take, right? But he's making it well-known when he goes on these visits. The bar is UCF. I'm going to UCF. So all these other schools, you need to prove to me that you guys are better than playing for my hometown team. And if I'm Florida State, I got a lot of work to do. Florida State's doing really good on the recruiting trail. I don't think they're stressing out. Florida State's been doing really well. But I think the fact that a guy like Swint, who's Florida State's been his favorite team, and he commits to UCF. I think that doesn't necessarily say anything about Florida State. I think it says a lot about UCF. I think it says a lot to recruits about UCF. There were a bunch of recruits at the spring game. A bunch of recruits at the spring game. And the fact that they get a recruitment from probably going to be the top player to ever sign at UCF, and it's 18 months away, is is remarkable. So, it is an amazing time. Amazing time to be a UCF Knight. There are so many great things on the horizon. I cannot wait to see what this recruiting class coming up is going to be. I mean, I think this next recruiting class, I think the bar just keeps getting raised. And I, I'm just waiting to see when it, 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 it stops. Because it keeps getting raised. Like, when was the last time? I know on three were just released their recruiting rankings for next year. UCF's 25th. I, we all know. We've never seen UCF rank anywhere close to top 25 recruiting. I mean, we're lucky to hit in the 40s, and we think that's a, a top recruiting class. So the fact that we're getting some of that national recognition, and not just nationally, but the top players in classes are, are going to UCF, Right. They're visiting, they're showing up, and that's the thing. That's all you can ask for, right? Listen, at the end of the day, if they don't commit, they don't commit. But if they're visiting with a transfer portal and the new age of college football, anything can happen. Having those relationships, getting the players inside your bid building on unofficial visits or official visits. Now I think it's it's unlimited official visits, so I don't even it doesn't matter anymore. That says a lot. And to get a player like Tavion Swint to commit this early. And like a, a lot of us have been saying online, right? It is early. So hopefully UCF can keep him for the next 18 months and not have a team swoop in and offer 50 grand more for him to go play for him, right? But I think the fact that he's committed this early says a lot about the program and where it's at and where it is at in recruits' eyes. They're not viewing UCF as the little brother anymore. They're not. And people are going to go hard after this kid. Like, especially now. They're like, oh, he's committed to UCF. We got we to gotta push hard. 
Because, you know, the big three that used to be, used to say, UCF will never be in recruiting battles with us. And now they're noticing they're losing top recruiting battles to UCF. It's a big state. And UCF is smack dab in the middle of the state. And it's the best place to live out of any of the places, if we're being honest. So... Amazing time to be at UCF. Guys, that's going to do it for this week. Short episode, or not this week, this episode. Short episode. We're going to talk a lot more spring game. Uh, If everything goes well, who knows, you know, but you should be getting another episode of Charge On at the end of this week. But if not, something went horribly wrong, and I will never explain it, but hopefully it all goes well. That's all I'm going to say. I'm really excited. And I hope you are too. Uh, I hope you all enjoy the spring game. Again, we will talk more about it, hopefully the end of this week. Um, And yeah, that's all I'm going to say on it. All right, guys. Uh, This has been Charge On. My name is Sean Green. I will hopefully, hopefully see you on Friday. But if not, I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.